Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of... Opinions. <gasps> so many opinions. It's good to be back, guys. Oh, man, I have missed you all. Uh, I'm Matthew Lynn, of course, and with me today we have... Justin Lunsford at your service. Justin, it's been a while since we've done one of these, bro. It has, and you know it. You know how uh, if you don't go to the gym for a long time, when you go back, you are a little out of practice and not exactly sure what to do. You don't feel as comfortable. I'm right now like returning to the gym, except for this. This is your gym. This is the. Uh... It's sad, I know, but yes, <laughs> kind of like that. I kind of feel the same way, except. Like, I only went away from the gym for a couple of days, so I'm still, like, in the routine. So I'm, like, excited to be back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm excited to be back, too, um, to visit. Mainly just because, you know, sometimes weeks can be pretty long, pretty traumatic, and you don't realize until, you know, it's been about a week since the last time you've been on the air that, uh, not the air, what would we call this? I mean, this is the air. This yeah. is the air. It's not as open air as other airs are. Well, sometimes you don't always know what ha- what has happened in a week, you know? But it's really good. Well, a lot has happened this week, at least in the Hardly Millennial lives. Why um, don't you update us a little bit? Well, the first and the most dramatic change that I was informed of, but then forgot about until just now, is um, the viewers may not know this, but Adam cut all his hair off. Um, and when I say all his hair, I mean he shaved his beard. Yes. He cut his hair all the way down to like an inch. Uh, the only thing he didn't really shave is his eyebrows. Um, it and was his, so dramatic. Oh, uh, but his butt. Well, actually, I heard a different story about that. Oh, but. I didn't hear any story. I was making assumptions. You know what that does? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hey, ass out of no pun intended. <laughs> in Adam's case. Possibly a very smooth ass out of you and me. Well, if it's anything like his face is right now, it's it's baby soft. Ooh, say it again. <laughs> anyway, the change was so dramatic, Justin, that I was actually sitting on the couch, and this was about, I don't know, an hour and a half ago, and he came home from work, and he comes up the stairs, and I almost yelled out, like, oh, I get to meet Chris today. or so, Like, I didn't know who it was. Yeah, I was like, who the fuck is this stranger coming up the stairs? And he looks at me, and... As soon as I made eye contact, I saw the twinkle, and I knew, I knew then and there that it was Adam. Yeah, it's a pretty dramatic difference. I've been his friend for a really long time now, and I've seen him do this quite a few times. Um, So this time, it was more like, like, he treated him like he's a different person. Like, oh, you, I remember you. Welcome (laughs) back. Okay, yeah. Especially because he's been gone for 10 days. Yeah. So it felt like a new roommate. Another thing that makes it kind of different is this time um, he's actually, he's lost a decent amount of weight. Not that he was ever a big, like, big dude or anything like that. But he's just lost a good amount. So this time when he shaved the beard off, he looked extremely slim. and, And that was kind of different too. But... I guess that would that's what you say was very different from the you know side of Adam. And for us, it was that he was gone for 10 days. Um, we're glad to have him back. I am 
personally getting closer and closer to a vacation that I'm going to be going on soon. Woohoo! That sounds fun. Like vacation from work or vacation away from home? Like to Every another place? Vacation from life, Matthew. Oh my, where are you going? Um, don't act like you don't know this, but I appreciate the charade. <laughs> well, no, listen, I know of about three different trips that you're planning, and I've, okay. I've truly forgotten what the next one is. All right, well, it's coming up here soon, mid-May. Uh, we're less than a month out now. Um, and uh, my boyfriend and I are going to Thailand. Oh, yeah. I am such a dumb dumb. The Thailand trip. We've literally talked about the Thailand trip on the podcast. We have? I don't know Did if I... we have, but oh. me and Adam have. Adam and I. Well, it's going to be very exciting. <laughs> so um, we have quite a few things planned. I try to make it pretty jam-packed because you never know the next time. Well, if you're going to fly all the way there, you right. might as well use up every minute. Exactly. First, I'd like to say, and I'm, we're not sponsored by them or anything like that, but Skyscanner.com and the Skyscanner app, you guys, just check it out. Just put, you can actually, there's a feature where you can put anywhere to your destination. And you can really? just kind of pick your dates and see the cheapest flights for those particular dates anywhere from your local airport. Oh, that's, that's cool. It kind of scans awesome. all of them for you. Yeah, so was, I was stocking tickets for quite some time, and I ended up finding some for about half of what I usually find them. You just got to be ready to go at any so moment. So you got to like w- check it often if and you have want, the like, money ready. The deal, yes, absolutely. I so gotcha. we're flying into Bangkok, which is the capital. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 and you know, someone out there chuckled. Yeah, I, I usually do. <laughs> Um, as well. I've just said so much in all my planning <laughs> that I kind of forget to think it's funny anymore. But we fly into there and we're really spending one full day there. Um, the experience we're really looking for is up in the north in Chiang Mai. Um, it's going to be cool. you know. It's, it's what do very... you do in, in Thailand other than like look around and shop? What, what kind of attractions are there? Lots. Okay, so it, there's a lot of cultural experience and there's lots of touristy things as well. There's a lot of temples that you can go see, and um, it's just something you don't see here. So we see, we go and we sightsee a lot of these temples. Um, they have a really cool national sport called Muay Thai fighting. Oh, um, that's I've heard pretty of Muay awesome Thai. too. I've actually never brutal. even been able to tell the difference between that and just regular fighting, but I'm sure I'll learn when I'm there. Um, I think it's just a style, just an art of of yeah. Martial I'm just arts. curious what the point of difference is, and then uh, there's that. Elephant Jungle Sanctuary, where you actually go to yes. an elephant sanctuary. Um, these are we rescued elephants from, um, you know, that used to previously be like labor elephants. Mm-hmm. And you don't ride them because riding them is kind of cruel and kind of fucked up. So you just play with them and you go into uh, this river, put mud all over them, exfoliate them. Just fun stuff like that. Feed them sugar cane. We're going to go take pictures with some tigers. That's going to be exciting. Oh, that sounds uh, amazing. Kayak down the Chiang Mai River through some really cool caves, see some statues. So a lot I'm, of nature. A lot of nature. We're ziplining through the jungle, so oh, whoa, more what? nature. And they actually, actually put zip lines up in the jungle? Yes. And you can literally... Yeah. How, what are you talking, like 100 feet? Or are you talking like a mile? Well, up in the air? Like, length. Like, how long are you... Z- so, um, ziplining, you tie yourself... You're in, like, a little swing. And yeah, you tie yourself to a rope. 22 platforms. So, 22 of those long... 
you know, zip lines. It takes about, I think it said like six or seven hours. So it's a good portion oh of the day. Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. Oh yeah, it's it's killer. So you just swing through the tops of the trees. Yeah, and you get to see the jungle from like the top down. So That's I'm pretty fucking stoked cool. on that too. Um, this is the first vacation I've really been a part of like making it, you know, a perfect trip that, you know, every day you're not too jam packed, but you're never just wandering around doing nothing. You right. Want some of that, but you don't want tons of that. And then the night times are for the most part, very free. You walk around, check out the markets. You can eat for like a dollar. Yeah. And it's probably really good food. I yeah, would imagine. Something lots different of meats, too. lots of vegetables. A lot of meat, um, Curry's popular, noodles are popular, but they also have cool things we just don't do here, like they roast bugs. Oh, that's interesting. So everyone's got to try bugs. Kind of novelty stuff. Yeah. Do they do that as, like, for themselves, or is that kind of the thing they do for the tourists? No, it's cultural. They actually do that. Yeah, they partake, you know, it's like... I know a lot of places do. It's only kind of weird here. A lot of places around the world do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we definitely don't hear. And as a matter of fact, they eat some things that we would never think of, even like if there was a bug to put on a stick. Like scorpions, that's very popular. Crickets are popular throughout the world, but in Thailand, they actually do that with cockroaches, which we would never do here because we associate that not necessarily with outside and nature. We associate it with like urban sewers, dirt. Yeah. But yeah, they're really not, though, in nature. They're no. not actually a filthy creature. No. Um, a short plane ride there is about 19 hours. But when you go for really cheap plane rides, you end up with a nice seven-hour layover, five-hour layover. So I think on the way there, it's in Shanghai. On the way back, it's in uh, Tokyo. Oh, that's cool. Something so you like just that. have five or six hours to hang out and yeah. look around and stuff. I even wonder if uh, you can kind of leave. And look around. I was going to say, as long as you're there for the, the next flight, mm-hmm. you almost get a little five-hour vacation in Tokyo. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's funny. I'm This one has been planned for so long, just because I was pretty like obsessed with making sure everything got planned, that now that we are less than a month out, I'm just anxious to go. But I already want to plan like another vacation for another time of the year. It's, it's like kind the of becoming of your it. thing. Yeah. It, it's funny you said art because it really is. You have to, it's a passion project. It's the yeah. same amount of effort you would put into um, like making a, a small movie or something. Yeah. And you're, you're shaping your experience. You're shaping the way that you decide to experience this country. So it's really a lot of pressure on yourself because you're spending the money to go. Um, but we're actually not spending a whole lot of money. All of our attractions we found you know, on Groupon for significantly less expensive money. We got the tickets for <coughs> embarrassingly cheap. Well, you spent the last, what, I mean, six months, if not a little more, planning it all out and Pretty finding much. the perfect prices and countless hours of looking at videos on YouTube. And yeah. So there's you, a lot of homework, though. You have to work pretty hard to not work for 10 days. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a exactly. lot of effort that goes into vacation. But the first part of the work is nice and it's fun. It's it's exciting. You know, you're, you're trying to study a country you've never been to based on other people's experiences. But you also want to choose your the place that you're going. Make sure that's a place where your money can go a long way. Because as most of our millennials out there, we... We didn't walk into a situation in the you know with the state of our country where you're just making tons of money, right? So you right. got to find ways to travel, and I'm finding that a lot of 
people um, my age and younger, so that would be millennials. I'm at the technically, I would say, the very, very beginning. <laughs> You're one by association, for sure. Sure, sure not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're the generation in general. It's it's traveling a lot. Um, I feel like as a generation, millennials really value experiences. Yeah. Stuff is important too. I know we like our stuff. Stuff's always going to be cool. But experiences, I feel like, are where it's really, really going. Well, they say that's the best way to spend money. If you come across, you know, a larger than normal amount of money, you should spend it on experiences. Well, I don't know who they are, that, but I think that uh, they're probably correct. I it's always just think. they. They is always, it's like an entity in life. Yeah, but who's they? they? You know, it's funny you say that. My dad was in the military. And uh-huh. he used to always say when I was a kid, um, if you talk about they, he'd be like, oh, Lieutenant They. He came He came around again, huh? And I guess it's a military thing that if you say that, they'll be like, oh, I don't know any Lieutenant They. I don't, I don't know who They is. Well, I don't either. But whoever <laughs> they are, I mean, they seem to just to know. They know everything. I want to meet them. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think they are, Matthew? They, if I knew, then I... I would have an answer. I don't know. So is I'm there just any... a podcaster, dude. <laughs> we all try. We all try to know. <laughs> is there any place you've always wanted to go? Or is there any place that you ever looked into what you do if you go there? Or is travel not anything that's really been on your radar? Um, I don't have the highest amount of, um, you know, need to travel. Um, if anything, I would probably travel around our country try and see all the mm-hmm. 50 states that'd be cool as far as like going around the world i definitely would not want to travel alone um i would have to have like a friend or a group and right. i i've always been into like castles i would love to go to italy okay. or like sicily like southern italy and see some of the castles or uh germany eastern europe well you might want to go to romania with us romania would be super cool yeah i like uh i like eastern european culture and the architecture and stuff like that. Well, it's pretty Eastern European. Um, you're right over there by Turkey. Yeah, definitely. You know, and as far as castles, they have Dracula's castle, the Bran castle. That's, um, I saw a video of that the other day. I was actually less than impressed, to tell you the truth. It's the lore a... is a lot cooler than the actual castle is. Yes. It's not a big castle. It just happens It to just be... wasn't very glamorous. I was surprised. It just looked like a nice house with wood floors made out of rock. I think that depends on where in Europe you're going, what castles you're looking at. You're going to find the really, really cool ones, like in Ireland. Yeah, I want, like, I want, like, German castles. Like, the cool, spirally-looking ones that would have a dragon on top of it. The only bummer about, you know, Western European countries, it's they're always going to be so popular. They're they're international landmarks. So you're looking at a pretty expensive, you know, uh, set of expenses when you travel there. <laughs> That's true, too. Um, another one that is also very expensive that I've actually talked about on the podcast is um, Japan. You guys kind of introduced me to Japan and its culture. And I realized that I really enjoy it. Uh, Japanese culture is fucking awesome. Definitely on the list for sure. It's uh, it's definitely one that you have to plan a long time in advance, mainly just because nothing in Japan is cheap. See, I feel like I would be willing to give up the cherry blossoms to get a cheaper vacation. Because if you go oh, during yeah. the year where they're not blossoming, yes. it's a lot less crowded 
and it's cheaper. Oh, 100%. I mean, I love the cherry blossoms. Me but too, but I can see pictures of them. Yeah, you can buy one of those stock art, you know, yeah. from Ikea or something and then see them in your house like all year long. I'm, I'm more interested in going for a culture and everything and depending Me on too. when weather is not awful there. But it's definitely, True, like I said, it's very stormy. not a cheap trip. And right now, I if I'd want a vacation, the last thing that I want to feel is like poor. There's nowhere that would be considered... Um, you know cheap to you and me that i would really be dying to go and see to tell you the truth yeah different strokes i don't know i i just couldn't go i'm a staycation kind of guy i would rather stay at like a super nice hotel and stay within that you know 500 square feet or whatever but be totally pampered like that's more fun for me well I hate to change uh, <laughs> topics, but something really exciting is going to happen within the next couple of hours here. Next couple of hours? Yeah. Holy shit, what's happening? Well, We're going most to bed of in the, the millennials do not... Well, you are going to bed in the next couple of hours. I have company coming into town, and I'm really, really excited for this. Maybe you can have her on. That'd be great. But my friend from California is visiting... And what a lot of the listeners don't know, or don't care, or we just haven't told them yet. Oh, they care. Is that half of the year here at the old homestead, um, I have a pet that lives with me named Panama. Dude, we've talked about Panama on the show. We have? Yes, he's a, he's a superstar at this point. No. We've totally talked about Panama. Okay, cool. Yes. Well, I'm hoping... Let's recap. Who Who is Panama? Okay, so Panama... He's about 30 years old now. He's a green wing macaw. I adore the shit out of him. I think he's so cute. And half the year he lives with his mom, my, my really good friend, out in California. You have dual custody over a bird. Dual custody. Because, you know, this is going to be a project. Until, in two different states, too. For about we make 40 it work. more years. Yeah, we do make for it work. For 40 more years. So uh, she recently took a trip to Spain and had someone go in and watch Panama. And now that she's back from Spain, her and I kind of want to catch up and hear about how it went there, you know, what how that one was different for her. She's done a lot of traveling, so I always oh, have yeah. to see how they kind of compare. Spain would probably be um, really fucking beautiful. Oh, there's, yeah. There's amazing cities, but there's also amazing, like, countryside there. Oh, yeah, she's so told you me get that everything. there are different, um, like, just like any country, but different regions there. Yes. And she said in the northern northern part of Spain, there is a whole nother language. There's a whole nother people called the Basque, which I have not looked up. I have not up. heard of that. I don't know anything about them. Um, strangely enough, it shows up on our family, like the 23andMe thing. Oh, how funny. Yeah. So So somewhere along the line, someone was from that region. Exactly. So uh, a little bit about that. And I mean, I'm hoping maybe we can get her on and she can explain it a little bit, you know, for anybody who out there who uh, hasn't been to Spain and wants to hear a little bit about it. That would be fantastic. But they're getting in pretty late. So I will be up. This is the beginning of my night now. Well, we'll see, depending on how she feels. I've actually met Vanessa. I've had the pleasure once before, and she is wonderful. I love her. So maybe um, if she's not too tired, we can get her on. You never know. Oh, that'd be lovely. Or if not tonight, maybe tomorrow, but I'd love to hear about Spain. And we need to get a picture with Panama for a good thumbnail or something like that. For sure. Let's make him famous. He's awesome. I think he has a self-portrait that was painted. Uh, We... We have a painting down of the bird. Um, it's actually of the bird and the dog. And the dog. 
together and uh i'm bald balding but you know i try to beat it to the punch and not let it grow out too fast so i don't look like louis ck because this recently yeah these except days. if you shave your beard and your head at the same time you uh-huh. did this the other day you literally look like a thumb i know it was i terrible. love you bro but you look it I was look way like a thumb. T- it was too bald i don't usually <laughs> take it all off that bad but yes it did look like a thumb but anyhow <laughs> i usually rock one of those newsy caps you know they call mm. them a lot of things eight panel haps newsy yes, caps yes. or whatever so uh in this really great photo that was so thoughtfully presented to me by my significant other for uh valentine's day it's my dog (laughs) and he's wearing my hat and right next to my dog you have my bird panama it's a cool photo i think that photo actually is a thumbnail somewhere along the way oh really or an instagram post we did or at some point the world has seen that you can look somewhere in our media and find it how much of my life is exposed on to this this platform, Matthew? We're pretty transparent, bro. Oh. We're pretty transparent. Um, we don't have much filter yeah. when we're on the air, so I guess. I mean, we just try to not say like where we work, and the specific place we live. And other than that, the people know. Pretty. You also have to realize that most of the viewers are our friends, Justin. So. Okay. You know they already know. Well. Uh... <laughs> Give me a hashtag me too if you learned something new about me today. There you go. Yeah. Just load it up with hashtags. What if we end too. up with like, well, there's a lot of them. We're like, holy shit. Maybe we well, shouldn't I mean, have said those things. Really, we just wanted to know if anyone learned something new. We're going to go ahead and assume that it just meant that they learned something new, not necessarily that they were touched by Fra- Father Flanagan or whatever. So one quick question here about um, your travels coming up. And then I kind of want to switch gears because I have some I have a couple other things I wanted to bring up to you. Yes. But um, do you plan to do any uh, video recording of this you wonderful know, vacation? Funny you should mention. So the first thing I thought is, you know, I need to make sure that I have a camera <laughs> so I can kind of do a little bit of like a vlog situation because I was thinking phone. more like now that I have a few trips planned, I would really like to do a like video montage, you know, at the Hell beginning yeah, and then have my, all my photos behind it. And that'd just be cool to have it like that. But then I thought, you know, I'm trying to travel more, more or less very cheaply, mm-hmm. but still very comfortably. And I just feel like there's definitely a market for that kind of information. I think people do want to know how you can go and, travel the world at a price that you actually can afford and that it's possible for them because i didn't know you mean it was possible there's people like you out there like, oh yeah, there's plenty there's, there's a lot of people I mean, like that is now that i have you know try to explore and figure out a way to make my dream a reality and and see the world you know you do uh youtube or google to figure out how to do this and you realize there's actually tons of information so my issue is it's not consolidated it's not simple. You want to mm-hmm. give someone a way to find it simply, you know, not tons of resources. So I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to do one vlog specifically for Harley Millennial and just kind of fill everybody in on how much everything costs and, and the trip. And then another one for me, you know, montages of like, you know, kisses and jumping off of things and sloshing oh. in the water and whatever. So, yeah, hopefully we get things um, uploaded and everybody listening can see the trip. Well, that sounds amazing. I would love to see that. So you said I will not a... be going to uh, 
what, Taiwan, where are you going? Thailand. Thailand. There you go. Taiwan. You will be taking <laughs> care of the home base. Yes, yes. I have to be the homesteader and so care for everyone. where did you want to switch gears? You said you wanted oh, to switch gears. So recent event happened um, that I feel we should probably bring up and talk about for at least a moment. Okay. Uh, you know, if nothing else, for some good tags for the video. You always need those, right? So uh, recently there was a bit of a... Uh, a disaster that oh, happened in, in you know um so notre dame the the what would you call it the chapel the cathedral the cathedral uh notre dame uh burned it burned down Tragic. caught on fire um i so you know it's tragic i'm sad about it and I, but i have a hard time really understanding the level of tragedy because i've i've never been there or seen it you are know, you are you familiar with it at all? Um, yes, but here's the deal. I not to purposefully have a unpopular opinion, but billions of dollars. Okay, I think like literally two billion dollars or something, or was it one billion? I think so. You're talking about the relief, the, yeah, the money that got raised. So they raised a billion euros, which okay. is just over a billion dollars in 24 hours. And since then, they've raised another billion. So okay. I think they're at two now. So here's the deal. It's really important okay, to preserve these kinds of places. It's very old. It's a very old place. It has a lot of history. They will rebuild. Okay, um, They need it for tourism. It's going to be closed <laughs> down for a while. You know, it's at the heart of the people. But first, let's start with something a little lighthearted and just talk about the jokes about Paris burning is like out of control i mean for years you've yeah. talked about the fact that paris is burning you know um there's a movie called that well it, did wasn't there literally a really bad fire in paris yeah. in history where most of the fucking city burned down i think there was like a couple of really bad yeah. fires you know and then there was uh there's actually a scene in the hunchback of notre dame where everything's on fire mm -hmm. so it's been on its way, folks, okay? The, the thing really wanted to burn down. Do you know what's really funny I was reading? Is that there was an article, because my phone, it knows the word millennial. Of it, course it, it does. It knows it, because I look it up all the time, right? So it tags any kind of news articles from anywhere that has millennial in it. And there was a news article about the uh, cathedral, and it said that it survived two world wars, um multiple other wars throughout its history mm -hmm. it took over 160 years to build it and millennials burned it down in 24 hours and it was just like an irony it's thing kind of melodramatic <laughs> it, right it totally well absolutely it was one of those kind of like um uh you know the spoof Millennials burn it down in 24 hours. It's like yeah. the, all the hipsters went and just took their lighters and put it at the base of the cathedral and saw who who took. Come on. I th it was just the whole point of like who's becoming in charge and how the world is changing and stuff. But, but I'll tell you what, it makes it really transparent as to the priorities of this planet. Because um, $2 billion in a couple of days, I mean, mm -hmm. that's a lot. That's a lot of money. To restore a building, okay? So do you think the people really cared about the building or they wanted their name tacked on to I Both. Gave Relief? Well, look. France is a hub for fashion, 
Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think they would have done the same if it was the Eiffel Tower, and I think they would have done the same if it was the Arc de Triomphe. But I, the fact that it was kind of a religious monument and an artistic monument and a historical monument, I think people want to be a, affiliated with the um, rebuilding. Oh, I'm sure. Um, which is great, which is great. But I wish people wanted to be affiliated with ending hunger, you know, in the world or exposing, you know, corruption in the government. I mean, $2 billion can go a long way to do that. It can feed a lot of people. Yeah. It can build some hospitals. It can build homes for, you know, you know, homeless people around the world. It could probably it is cool do... cool to see how quick a disaster can be nullified, though. You know, like when people care enough about it. Oh, yeah. But that then is you get to cool. see where people choose to put their care. I mean, what's that game that you've been playing the, where you just. <laughs> so it's it's an enthralling game, folks. Uh, shout out to Geopolitical Simulator 4. Okay. So it's yes. a game where, in essence, <laughs> it gives you all these like stats about a country and then these decisions that you make um, kind of play out based on the this country's statistics, right? Yeah, basically. You basically run a country. Okay, exactly. Now, some of the countries that you tell me about have like a grand total, what is it, GDP of a couple billion dollars? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so... Like, there's many countries. I like to play in like Africa because it's very hard in the game, where they only have like five to ten billion. That's okay, the entire so country's two GDP. Two billion dollars... Would be like 10%. Would or, raise a country yeah. out of some kind of a problem. Yes, absolutely. Okay. But that never happens. No one ever gives $2 billion <laughs> to just raise a nation out of poverty or, you know, illiteracy or anything like that. But we did it in, we, I mean, I didn't, but it was done in two days for that for Notre Dame. Exactly. Yeah. And another thing is, when something becomes a national landmark, international landmark, wonder of the world, whatever, I'm pretty sure there's already some crazy, like, insurance or, you know, plan that in case something like that happens. Well, I'm sure that whatever, if if there wasn't private funds, that the government would rebuild it. And I'm not I'm anti. Sure. I'm not anti rebuilding Notre Dame. I just, it kind of opened my eyes to where, you know, if you wanted to move a couple billion dollars in a couple of days. It, it's priorities kind of thing of, it, it's possible to do. Before you would have thought, well, two billion, that's, you can't just raise that in two days, but you totally can. If, exactly. If you want to. Well, how do you feel yeah. about any of that? What does it make you think? Um, of I just think that it's, it's priceless. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. I don't know. For me, it's never the same Notre Dame now. Well, like, of course not. For me, I would take $2 billion and build a new monument that stands the test of time and shows how great society is today because that monument had its life, had its time, it inspired the people it did, and then now its life is done. So I'm not completely sure how down to the ground this thing burned. I've heard that it's totaled. That's Now, I also haven't done a huge amount of research into it. I don't know how the fire started. Um, but I have heard that, like, I guess there's towers involved, and, like, a, one of the towers fell into the main build. Like, it fucking destroyed it. Okay. So I think the rebuilding process would be, like, almost like the Greek, some of the Greek temples, where they would keep probably as much as possible of the structure and then rebuild with stones similar to it. 
Yeah, they're going to rebuild it. It's just going to become the rebuilt one, and they're, they're going to reference that, you know, the great fire of, you know, the second time Paris was burning in 2019. 19. It's, I mean, it's always a shame when stuff like that happens, but you can't, unless someone does it on purpose, you can't really blame anyone just because our generation was the one that it happened, it happened in. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a building is going to fall eventually no matter what. Another, I mean... Not to continue to circle back to the negative aspect of it. Just I just thought about this, though. Sure. I recently saw a video on Facebook. Because everything kidding. on Facebook is true. Of okay? course. Everybody knows that. Hashtag duh. Okay. <laughs> but um, there was a whole, like, it looked like a small population, like a town. I don't think it was Paris, per se. But it was in France. Mm-hmm. Of some people rebelling against the government because of their cost of living is too high. Okay. Okay. So these people cannot afford to live in their own city. Nothing is particular. Nothing in particular is being done to help them, especially they just uh, elected a, a, they continued to go with the democratic government, even though it was very close this time. Is it still Macron or whatever? Yeah. It's still that guy. I mean, he just got elected. I think. It wasn't, no, I'm Shortly pretty sure he after. was the president before, too, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Yeah. Well, I know I his name. I don't know. I was only following... He's been around long enough that I know his name. So. Macron, I think... I, I was just following, you know, when I they were being elected. I think he's been the president for the last term. So, yeah, it's a democratic government, but they, they really haven't done much to make life better for their people. I guess they'd be becoming more tolerant people if ever they were not tolerant. But I think they could use probably $2 billion to help, you know, rebuild their society and... And uh, not live completely impoverished. Imagine if they took that $2 billion and put it into a, an investment account for the country. You could just take the interest that you make off of the profits and literally use that to help run the country with. And it would be like a rainy day fund that just makes interest. $2 billion makes a lot of interest, dude. Well, they want to rebuild um, Notre Dame. Well, they have to. I think the people would have cried out for it had they not. Hey, maybe it's something that'll to. bring them all together. Like I said, I'm not trying to be a hater. It just makes you... No, no. And you honestly, can... like, yeah. it's not... Um, it's front page news, but it's not something that affects my life personally at any point. It was just something I felt was good to bring up. Um, just a recent event. You know, we try to cover recent events here. So... so in light of that though to move on um for kind of some meat and potatoes here today you know kind of the main topic i've been thinking a lot about lately um inspiration okay and mostly i've been thinking about how do you obtain inspiration without being inspired Does that make sense? How can you trick inspiration? How can you be on the couch, sitting there, feeling lazy, not be inspired by anything, and tell yourself, I demand that myself become inspired? Shame. Ooh, interesting. 100%. Elaborate a little bit. What do you mean? Okay. I believe that there's nothing that gives more inspiration without being inspired than shame. 
Uh, we talk a lot <laughs> about not shaming people or oh, not shaming huge, ourselves right? or not kink shaming or fat shaming or body shaming in general. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But I do believe in shaming. Interesting. I absolutely do. Um, I do believe in shaming yourself. Yeah, I mm. definitely do. Um, I think that one, shame is realizing that you could be better, but because of yourself, you're not. And that's shameful. And I think it's a very, very healthy thing to feel. I think that turning shame off of things that are naturally shameful is unnatural. And it's wrong. Isn't it kind of, I mean, if you, if you turn the shame off, because this is interesting. I've never actually really thought about this. It's almost like you're, um, oh, what was the word I was going to look, I was looking for here. Ah. I lost my word, but well, a snowflake. If you turn you're tricking shame yourself, off, you're, it's a shame to do that. Almost, yeah. Not, not to have a pun there, but follow it, your natural desires to feel more included. Follow your natural desires to take social cues and and try to fit in, um, because it's important to know how to fit in. Now, I said anything that makes you feel shame naturally right so there are some things we should not feel shamed about in my opinion right so um if you are disabled you're born with something something happened to you okay things you don't have control over yeah things okay. you didn't do to yourself those are the things you, you don't usually have shame because you got into a car accident so you shouldn't feel shame of an injury that you got while you were in a car accident so, however if you were a drunk driver and that you could not walk ever again because you got into an accident while you were drunk that is shameful you should I feel see. ashamed of that you caused that and you should not want anyone else to make that mistake and you want them to know how shameful you feel for making such a dumb mistake putting your life at risk for no reason and anyone's life anyone else's life at risk that is super interesting to me. I like that because it kind of takes it from a place of ignorance where you don't even realize what you're doing is wrong and turns it into a choice where you understand that eating this way is wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's making your body get fatter. Yeah. But you're choosing to do it, and that's fine, but you should feel a certain amount of shame for choosing to be wrong to yourself. Absolutely. And through feeling that enough times that buildup will lead to inspiration in that not I feel so amazing I want to go do something, but I feel like such shit that I don't want to feel this way anymore. Right, or I'm so embarrassed that it's evident I did this to myself. Like, I know we don't, I know fat shaming is the number one thing we're supposed to avoid or body shaming in general. Oh, it's huge right now, yeah. You know, but yeah. the thing is, in most cases, Mm-hmm. It is a person's decision to eat the wrong thing and too much, which led them to be overweight. In most yes. cases. I would say in the majority of cases. Okay. It, it is not a, it's not out of the person's hands. They had at least the majority of what had to do with becoming that way. Right. And I am not thin. I definitely get to places where I am much larger than I should be. And I know what it is. It's because I have not been inspired. I never thought that I was worth my own time and effort. If you don't think you're worth your own time and effort, who else's time and effort are you worth? 
to, okay. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you know, just respect yourself. Respect other people and don't try to tell them that, the you know, your bad decisions are someone else's fault or that they're not bad decisions. And stand by your decisions or shit get inspired and and change them you know there's other things too that's really cool i actually just i have a not to you know self-promote here too much but i just so happen to have a little bit of a vlog that i do um and in that the last one that we put out i actually talked about um turning failures into successes Mm -hmm. and this is very interesting that it goes along with that something with such a negative connotation uh, as like shame you right. Know, as soon as you say that word, people think, "Well, that's unhealthy. You should never feel that." There's, I don't like that, so no one should ever feel that. That's so. But that's wrong. It's, if you shit your pants in public, you should feel you should feel shame. If if it wasn't an actual issue that you have, if you just chose to piss yourself in public because you just that was just the choice you made. That's a shameful choice. And that's why people don't do that. That means that you are healthy. You made a dumb choice and you are feeling the emotion that you should feel when you made a bad decision. I don't think that any emotion, I'm saying this on a little bit of a whim, but I I honestly, I think it, I don't think any emotion is on accident. If your body has evolved over this many years to have that emotion, you should probably feel it at some point. Anger, love, sad, all of it. Right. Well, you have to understand why you're feeling it, you know, because you can feel things for irrational reasons. For sure. You can be sad over something you just shouldn't be sad about or jealous over something you have no reason to be jealous about. But um, you have to learn how to differentiate, you know. But for someone to say that no one should feel shame or no one should feel embarrassment, why? You're taking a, a means of survival away from them. You know, yeah. we've we've adapted to have that over time so we can live together better. And shame is one of those things that's important because it is inspiring when you feel ashamed. And that can help you really jump out of something and make something better of yourself. I mean, we'd all like to be inspired by something other than shame. But the important thing is something makes us change our mind as to how we're going to live our lives. Well, and the whole question that I did pose here was... When you're lacking other inspiration, when you're not inspired, how do you become inspired? So, you know, this isn't like we're looking at the Mona Lisa and you're like, no, I'll take shame over that. It's this is the mechanism that you use when there is no inspiration. Um, If you would like to change and you can't get inspiration, you're not inspired to change. That is what you need to investigate. Not like, how do I get inspired? It should be, why can I not get inspired? Why am I not inspired? What is wrong where I cannot get inspired? Not, I'm not going to do it right now. I'm not inspired. You have a lot of good ideas about this, actually. I hadn't thought of that either. Well, I definitely get to a place where I know I need to be inspired, and I'm not currently inspired. So why am I not? See, and I I hate that because if I have the capacity, I get the same way. Was what you just said, and I feel like if I have the capacity to be inspired, I should be all the time, mm-hmm. right? And I guess that kind of takes a little bit of the flair away from it too. If you're always inspired, then it means nothing. It doesn't. Some of the value well, come from the rarity. I think um, there's a lot of ways to become inspired. One of them is through shame, and one of them is through 
just really having a goal and being motivated. Um, but the important thing is to be inspired. So we should all try to be inspired. Some people are always inspired and it is inspiring. It, it, yeah. You know, they keep going and going and going, but these are not usually people who um, go through spurts of inspiration. This is somebody who like say physical fitness, right? We all want to be physically of fit course. and we all want to have inspiration to do so. Well, this is going to be someone who always stays physically fit. They may not have inspiration in other ways. They may not have hobbies, you know, but when somebody is physically fit, they care about their body. Right. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Like they always say. Yeah. So people like that, it's easier to inspire other people to be healthy because they've already got this great thing going. Whereas they may do nothing fun, right? That person may not think that they are worth anything really, really fun in their life. They're just hard work, hard work, hard work. But then they can look at other people who may necessarily not have great bodies, but they are well-traveled. They put all their time in there. We should be exchanging ideas like that. Right. So accepting you know quote unquote who you are and how you are and this is just the way i am is actually going against you know anything we're designed to do we should always want to be better we should never be at that point where we just accept this is how we are i don't care how physically fit you are you should always want to take care of your body i don't care how right many languages you speak you should never be done learning right you should always be trying and I mean, that that in itself is inspiring. I know for me, the mechanism that I always use when I'm not feeling inspired up until now is to look at people who are in a position that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole looking up to someone thing. Uh, that's where I get a lot of personally my inspiration from is figures who are doing things with their life that I want to be doing with my life. Exactly. You know, and, I try to, for lack of a better word, I try to copy them, but obviously not do exactly what they're doing. You want to emulate them. There you go. That's that's a good word. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's that I'm a mathematical person or what, but I don't look at pictures or landscapes or like animals and become inspired by that kind of thing, mm-hmm. like the beauty of it. I like it and I enjoy it, but it doesn't inspire me to want to create things. Um, for me, personalities inspire mm-hmm. me. Like, I want to be more like that person. Mm-hmm. That That is what keeps me going. Right. So it's not that I want to keep hammering this home because I just feel like I, I sound really defeatist. Like, you should love who you are or something. No, no. Yeah, you're good. But what, if you already have this, this uh, mentality of, I'm awesome. The way that I am is great. I don't need to be anything that I'm not. No, you do need to be something that you're not or else you're admitting somehow that you're at the top of your game and you don't need to work hard anymore. You want to be something you're not because you want to be better than you are always. Well, and that's what keeps people going too. You you realize, I mean, you see it a lot where people who get to be very, very old, uh-huh. who live long, long lives, maybe they weren't the healthiest in their life with what they ate. Maybe they were smokers or whatever, but... They're usually like the CEO of a company or mm-hmm. some kind of very wealthy person who kept their mind busy. Right. Or if they're not a wealthy person, they have a hobby. They right. they play chess every day or they it's something to keep your mind building and creating. It will keep living. 
Or you could have the opposite, right? Somebody who has nothing, someone who owns nothing, not an ounce of equity in anything in their life, but they've been to over like, you know, a hundred countries in the past Mm -hmm. eight years or something crazy like that. That's tremendous. That is someone that you look at and you, you are for the most, I would be very inspired. Yeah. You want to be more like that person. I always wanted to be the clown, the person who there's always a guy at any get together who makes everyone laugh. Mm -hmm. You know, we all know him. We all know who he is. And he's the guy who maybe doesn't run his life in the straightest course. Right. You know what I mean? He's always got his own personal issues and whatever, but he's funny and Mm -hmm. he's fun to be around and everyone enjoys him when he's around. So he shouldn't be making people want to be like him, you know, not take things so difficult or so uh, seriously. Right. Bring light to a situation. And somebody who's a little bit more introverted would look at someone like you, you know, someone or the comedian in the group and say, wow, I want to be more like that. Yeah. Whereas the comedian can look at the person that maybe is a little bit more reserved, that has a lot more going on, and say, I want to be a little bit more like that. You kind of meet you know? in the middle. That's but how saying, you make balance. I'm happy the way that I am and I accept who I am is completely counterproductive in that sense. What's hilarious is I don't I don't think a lot of people are happy with who they are. Well, like they're not. most people aren't. But they but think... other people are happy about who they are. Right. Not but... like person A might not be happy that they're that person, but everyone else is happy that that they have person A in their life. Yes. You know what I mean? That... Well, yeah, cuz they should learn from person A. Yeah. Right? That's that the, the person A has something to contribute. But I think a lot of times that person doesn't even realize how much they're contributing. They feel that they're not necessarily wanted or that they're not valuable without realizing that they're a huge part of their community and, mm-hmm. and what goes on in day-to-day life. Well, that person person A would definitely need some inspiration. Yes. You know, and that's why you get around other people that you want to be like. We should always be better. We should never be good enough for ourselves because we are our own driving force. I don't know how to handle that or how to hammer that down. (laughs) Sorry, it's late. Um, Even more, but we should never be at a place of complete self-acceptance. Now, that is different than saying self-love. We should all learn to love ourselves. I truly, and we've talked about this, actually the three of us together. Yeah, Everything good coming from a place of self-love. But loving yourself is accepting that you can always be better, not just accepting what you already are. Do you, do you believe in tough love? Yeah. Like, do you think that the the shame thing love. could be a little bit of like tough love on people that when you're telling someone you have this problem and it's affecting you in this way mm-hmm. that you're not saying you're bad and this is why you're bad you're saying you're fucking up and here's how i want to help you it's it's right. it's coming from a place of help not hurt right and that should be inspiring to know that someone loves you so much that they kind of are ripping off the band-aid and doing something that might be a little bit uncomfortable for them too so that's the tough other... love thing kind of kind of can work. Well, the, you have to. It's natural. Tough love is natural. You know what? When your when uh, your mom asks you to do something and you're what eleven, <laughs> right? At first, she asks you really nice, like a nice motherly way, and you know the drill, right? I always did it the first time I was asked. 
immediately. You know what? So did I. I was very inspired by what could possibly <laughs> happen to me later. I was very afraid, but yeah. I was worth my own time and effort to not get the shoe or the you know <laughs> stick or the hand or the belt or whatever. Oh, I feel you. That was inspiring. <laughs> but that that inspiration came from tough love. Absolutely. From getting the shoe or the slipper or the hand or exactly but, yeah. and tough love you know that's <laughs> everyone learns from tough love you have to figure out a way to deliver tough love you have to figure out a way to receive tough love and you have to and that's what's kind of difficult you know about what's going on with current generations you know the the, the youngest generation out right now and then you know the growing millennials the aging millennials is we're not used to being criticized we're used to always fighting shame to become more accepting of ourselves and we lose something there so do you think that by taking away all this shame and making shaming so bad it's kind of becoming like the emperor's new clothes kind of deal it absolutely is becoming the emperor's new clothes the, the emperor's new clothes for anyone who doesn't know some of our younger viewers it's the story of an emperor and he was kind of an asshole or whatever, and everyone told him everything he wanted to hear. And he went and purchased some new clothes, and everyone told him how wonderful the clothes were. And this, but there were no clothes. The emperor was naked, he, but people were telling him everything they want that he wanted to hear. In essence, is how the, to make it quick. That's basically the story. So by not having this element of shame, by not being able to tell your friend, "Hey, man, you're looking kind of fat." You should you should clean it up because then you're fat phobic, right? All of a sudden you're a dick. You can't you're you, you can't say those things. And so I now we're all ins- going to be naked, thinking that right. we're wearing great clothes. We shouldn't inspire to be not fat. We should inspire people to not be fat phobic, even though they're not fat phobic. They're just carrying people who want to explain to you a lot of the time. Now there are very rude people who really but are they're dicks all the time. Yeah. Exactly. And, and no one should be a dick. That should be one of the general commandments. Just don't be a dick. You know, I think that it is but one it for should religious be... people. Love thy neighbor. <laughs> but it should be totally acceptable to help each other. And part of that help is, I mean, how else do you know? How do you know you stink if someone doesn't tell you, hey man, exactly. you stink. You and know. don't even call it helping. Call it inspiring. I would want someone to tell me. Right. And I would tell you. <laughs> and, you know, folks, there's something really comforting about someone who is very honest and says it how it is. Because you are then under the impression that this person who's telling you the cold, hard facts is not going to hold back how they feel. And that is comforting. You know that if there was something bad to be said, they were going to say it to you. And I've been told by a lot of people that I'm actually very intimidating. And to me, that is bizarre. I cannot believe that I was ever intimidating. I can see it. I can see how some people, especially in like a work environment, you could come off as a bit intimidating. Well, it's that's bizarre to me because if you look awful, you know... Uh, and I tell you, hey, fix this. It looks terrible. You should never worry about what I'm thinking of you because you will always know exactly what I'm thinking of you because I care and I want you exactly. to get better. You know, there are times where I'll look really good. I'll be at the peak of my losing weight and then I'll let it go for a while. And I'll have someone tell me, hey, you, you got to be careful. You're starting to get that belly back mm-hmm. and you work so hard to get rid of it. I don't think they're a bad person. No, you know, they're being honest. They're exactly. telling you. And I was clearly not inspired 
to continue with my diet because I thought everything was fine, another set of eyes saw me, told me, hey, you've inspired me to do better. And I'm seeing that you are falling off the wagon. I want to inspire you and let you know that you're not looking as good as you were. Yeah. So, And, you know, another thing that I think people do immediately in that situation when someone confronts you about something is you try to turn that person into a hypocrite in any Mm -hmm. way possible. It's a defense mechanism. You try to find any way that they are going against what they're saying so that you can tell them to practice what they preach, right? And I think that's a bit of a of a bad way to think of it too, is you shouldn't be so defensive immediately and you shouldn't try to turn it around on the person. You just just say, okay, cool. Be kind of thankful almost, you know? Well, that- as you defame you know, the very fabric of somebody's character. It makes you feel like what they're saying is not as valid. Therefore, you shouldn't have to take their advice. Right. Um, but the moral of the story here is become inspired. Don't give yourself reasons to not be inspired. And, and also, I guess what I'm trying to say, too, is don't discredit something that someone says just because they're not acting on it. So if if a 450-pound person tells you that you're starting to gain a little bit of weight, don't discredit that because they are very much overweight. Your situation is still what it is. Right. You, you know what I mean? You yeah. can never, ever bathe and still know if someone stinks. What about if a doctor who's obese tells you that if you don't get to a point where you're not morbidly obese, you're going to have heart disease? The doctor might have heart disease, and they know very, exactly. very well. It doesn't mean that they're not correct just because they are overweight. But all too often, I think we use that mindset. and. You know, it's like I said, it's a, it's a defense mechanism. And you know, it's no one's job to shame somebody, but it is your job to feel shame and act appropriately. Does if that makes sense? That makes sense. That to you? does. That you shouldn't seek out to to do it to people. Exactly, because they're just an asshole, and no one has to be nice or like an asshole. No, not at all. But what you're saying is, it is your duty to realize when you're in that situation, and that you're having that feeling. Right. And what do you need to do to fix it so that you don't have that feeling again? Yes. You know, otherwise your body, biologically, it's going to keep reminding you that you have an issue. And you're going to find yourself in a very, very unhealthy and very unsafe place. You know. Oh, here's a good example. I think everyone can agree with this one, okay? This is how we all can kind of come full circle on this. Okay, let's We've do it. we all watched American Idol. Oh, yeah. Okay. Love it. And you've all watched those really, really awful auditions. Oh, yeah. They're the best ones. Um, so you'll have someone like Kelly Clarkson that goes up there a little bit timid, mm-hmm. right? This Because this woman is very inspired to be better all the time because she listens to people who are really, really good and therefore is critical of herself because she wants to be as good as these people, right? And she goes up there and she's a little timid and... You know, she's just hoping that she sounds beautiful and she's going to go up and she's going to say everything or put everything where it's supposed to be so she can sound perfect, as perfect as she can. Right. But then you get these really overly confident people and a lot of the times they are awful. Mm -hmm. They have no shame. Zero shame. And they were conditioned to have no shame. And no one's winning. It's It does not resemble confidence. Having exactly. no shame is not the same as being confident in yourself. Absolutely. Kelly, maybe the first time she went on American Idol, she was confident. She knows that she can sing, but she had 
she would have been very ashamed had she gone up and blown that moment. Right. You know, and so that fear of being ashamed, she didn't want that to happen. So she held herself in the right stance. She thought about what she was going to do and then she did it. But then you have William Hung, you know, she bangs, (laughs) she bangs, who went up there thinking that he was just the bee's knees. He thought it was fantastic. So very confident, but not no shame. And a lot of people, I'm sure, said, you know what? You do you. You are fabulous the way you are. Don't you let anybody tell you that you can't follow your dreams. Well, now here we are. And now someone had to, and it had to be on national television that may very well have been his first time you know being rejected or being told he wasn't good and it happened on freaking national tv so no one along the way did him any favors by shielding him from that shame And you're not doing anything by telling your very very morbidly obese child that they're just like anybody else you know you tell them you know what we need to get you where you need to be. We're going to do this for you. Because usually if that child does notice that they're a little bit different, it's natural and it's healthy for them to say, hey, I'm not fitting in with my peers. I was just going to say kids are some of the most sensitive to the whole shame thing. They And mm-hmm. they're, they're considered very innocent, right? Right. Kids are very logical, very innocent. So it goes to show you that it's not unnatural to feel that way for, as an adult. You know, it's, kids do it. And you should learn to feel why you're shamed. Fix the reason why you're shamed. Don't fix the fact that you are ashamed. You know? You, you, I like that. I like that. I think that's good advice. Yeah. Figure out why. what's causing my shame. I feel like there's a lot of things that people shouldn't be shamed, ashamed of. And they are. You know, and those are the things that you can't control that you, maybe you were born with. Like, you know... We still have National Coming Out Day because people need help, right? Well, I was born with Tourette's. I, I twitch all day long. Okay, exactly. That's not anything to be ashamed of. I was born that way. Right. Now, if I choose to eat Snicker bars for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and the sugar makes me have much worse um, ticks than I would otherwise— Well, now I've chosen to have a very shitty diet that Mm -hmm. perpetuates an issue that I already have. So now there's some shame there. That was a choice I made. Exactly. So that's that's where we can come back full circle a little bit, kind of to end this off. Like you said, is just remember that there are things that you have control over and things you don't. And try to have control over what It's okay to be ashamed of a bad choice. Okay? Just be inspired. To change your choices. I love it. I love it. I love it too. I think that just kind of flowed off the tongue really easily. (laughs) We covered a lot of ground today. You know, I'm actually really glad that I brought up um, the topic of inspiration. I didn't realize that it was going to ignite the spark the way it did. And with uh, Thailand being less than a month away, as of now, I am a lot more inspired to get my body in check because now I know that there's going to be all these people watching it because it's going to be vlogged. <gasps> Thanks for inspiring me, Matthew. You're welcome, Justin. <laughs> no pressure. Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening today. It's wonderful to be back. Make sure that you guys uh, like, comment, subscribe for sure. Share it with your friends. Uh, pretty sure Adam has another vlog coming out here in the next week or so. So. Keep an eye out for that. We love you guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.